When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Welcome to the halfway point of the 49ers roster countdown at number 45 out of 90. We've already got 90 to 45. If you've missed any of those episodes, go check them out on YouTube. Just type in John Chapman or 49ers Rush. We got the whole playlist set aside for you. You can watch them all there. Trey Sermon, um, interesting cat, and I think it's kind of fitting. You know, we didn't plan this when we did our rankings. We averaged together a multitude of different ranks. He fell at 45. He's interesting. You know, 49ers trade up for him last year in the third round, and he just never caught on, never caught on. Um, Got surpassed by fellow rookie Elijah Mitchell probably permanently, but that doesn't mean he's – over with uh he still has a role to play in this 49ers team especially in 2022 so he's wearing jersey number 28 uh six foot one 215 bigger guy 23 years old entering his second season now uh, what we're going to do this episode uh, one we're going to kind of revisit some of the past from him follow his entire journey to the nfl where he is now uh, good and bad what he can offer what he didn't offer we're going to jump into some film and you know what i'm just going to go ahead and throw the film up there now so you don't have to see my ugly mug this was one of the best games that he had in college okay because again if we want the positives that's where we got to go so you know we we want the fan experience to be better <laughs> so we kind of got to go back now i understand if you're just seeing a little bit of this this tape and all that stuff if you want the full thing this is over a 30 minute breakdown we have all of his college tape up on patreon.com so if you want to watch the full unabridged uh with my notes on top of it and kind of breaking down the film what he's good at and all that stuff just head to patreon patreon.com slash 49ers rush podcast or google 49ers and patreon were the first one that pulls up so uh, you can go back just type in Trey Sermon in the search field if you join our Patreon. You can go watch all of them right now. And so if you want to know the entire 2021 draft class, 22 draft class, we've got it all up there. Now he's from Marietta, Georgia, Sprayberry High School. I uh, I used to live about 10 minutes from there, spent two years there. Uh, my dad lived just outside of um, Marietta for a while. The fight in Yellow Jackets. And so he's interesting. He goes to Oklahoma and had a good career there, but wanted to be the bell cow back, and so he transferred up to Ohio State and got about five to six games where he was the bell cow. You know, this is the famous Northwestern game where he rushed for over 200 yards. We'll jump into that a little bit. So transferred a little bit. He was a human relations major. Now, very interesting family. His mother is freaking incredible. And what's interesting is he was born the day before Super Bowl 33. I know that's going to make some of us feel super old. Um, When he was born, his mother told him, this will be you one day. So he was kind of brought into a football family and definitely had enough to be there and get there, which I'm happy for him there. His his mother's the biggest uh, impact and inspiration in his life. She wrote a book called When My Soul Cried and runs a nonprofit organization called Rise by Faith which supports victims of domestic violence. So you're talking about somebody that's coming from a family with a lot of empathy and community building, which is awesome. And Sermon does a lot for that nonprofit organization. Uh, Well-raised, motivated kid, uh, had some nicknames as a kid, the preacher and minister of the end zone uh, by his high school teammates, which he dominated. Uh, 1,200 total yards, 16 touchdowns on 166 carries his senior year in high school. So basically one touchdown every 10 carries. 
Um, went to Ohio State and probably one of the most prolific records that he broke of Ezekiel Elliott. He had 524 total yards in back-to-back games. Um, Elliott had 476 at Ohio State. He passed that by a good 50. Uh, incredible job there. Averaged seven and a half yards per rush his senior year in college. So he's not the speedster, uh, you know, that you'd want. You know, he ran a four-five-nine. 40-yard dash, but he's got some good shift to him. 6.84 in the three-cone, 37-inch vertical, all those things. Now, my pre-draft write-up before the 49ers selected him, um, went back, dug through my draft notes, uh, getting this out here. So, again, this is before I knew he was going to be a 49er. This is what I had to talk about on his college tape. I wrote contact balance and vision he's not your traditional shanahan running back in this this draft pick which i think many would say has not panned out yet it's only been one year so we got to hold on there was a shift in the way in which kyle shanahan wants his running backs Uh, you know the raheem mostert matt Breida, small you know super speed guys slashers to these big bodied tough chain movers um, that's what Trey Sermon marked the beginning of. And so TDP falls in that. Uh, Mason, the undrafted free agent this year, falls in that. And Elijah Mitchell's a, kind of an in-betweener on those bigger body guys in the speedsters. But only one year being a workhorse back, and he delivered. Yards per attempt, incredible. 7.5 for a year, 7.1 for a year, 5.8 for a year, 6.1 for a year. And if you go back to him in high school, 7.4 yards per carry. He is a chunk monster. But the issue is, when he got to the NFL, it didn't show. It really didn't show. Uh, It just didn't pass the eye test whenever you watch the film in the NFL. Now, will that change? He's made some changes to his body. There's no doubt about it. Showed up to minicamp way slimmer. You could tell he dropped some weight, worked on his footwork a lot. Um, So we'll have to see if that kind of translates to what we get. Now, my player comp for him coming out of college was Carryon Johnson. Uh, out of Auburn, if you remember, Detroit drafted him. Then he landed with the Eagles for a little while. I think it was with the Niners for a brief stint, but never got on the field. Um, but bigger-bodied, highly productive back. We drafted him in the third round, traded up, in fact. Pick 88 overall in 2021. Now, what did he do last year? Played in nine games, only 41 attempts. And almost all those attempts came in three games. We'll detail those more here in a second. 41 attempts for 167 yards. That's 4.1 yards per carry. Not bad. One touchdown, three receptions, 26 yards. Not bad. He got hurt twice. Uh, you know, had the terrible concussion that was scary against Philly in week two. That didn't keep him out long. Um, and then got hurt with his shoulder. And then we just didn't see him anymore. Signed a four-year, 4.9 rookie million dollar rookie deal you know that's slotted whatever else but you look at what he was able to accomplish you know just last year three games for the 49ers last year he had 10 or more carries Trey Sermon did versus the Packers early on he went 10 for 31 which was not good that's 3.1 yards per carry then versus Seahawks he went 19 for 89 that was a great game 4.6 yards per carry and then the Jags 10 for 32 not good 3.2 yards per carry, and then nothing after that. Like It was just like Shanahan just said, screw it, put Debo back there. Um, And that's when Debo started getting all that work, kind of that Shanahan just said, screw it, I'm done with this. Now, he missed, I think it was like eight games. Uh, He did come back for the NFC Championship game, uh, but just on special teams. And so he got 11 special team snaps in the NFC Championship game. But again, that was after missing eight straight games. So if you look at the entire just snap rate of the entire year, 107 offensive snaps, 51 special team snaps. So, you know, he was on kick return, kickoff team, punt return, punt and punt team. So he does provide some value there. Um, But at the same time, it's somebody that... And let's just be real. You got to kind of lower expectations. Understand third round back. He's not going to get cut. He's got a lot of guaranteed money left on this three-year deal. So it's cheaper to keep him than it is to cut him and keep somebody else. There are a lot of running backs to feed. Let's be honest. The best case scenario is he earns that number two running back spot behind Elijah Mitchell. It's not likely. The drafting of Ty Davis Price really, really hurt him. And whenever they drafted Ty Davis Price... 
You had John Lynch. You had Aaron, uh, um, the new running back uh, coach. Because, again, another thing, this is a Coach Bobby Turner guy. He's not there this year. And they drafted Ty Davis Price, new running back coach, and everybody kept saying one-two punch with TDP and Elijah Mitchell. So the coaching staff has basically said, look, this is our pecking order of what we want. You want to change that? You got to earn it. And that's exactly what Trey Sermon's got to do. It's 49ers of meritocracy. You got to throw out the fact that you're a third-round running back pick. That doesn't matter. You got to show up and you got to earn it. Not, not only earn it, you got to prove you are better than the people ahead of you, which is going to be difficult. Jeff Wilson, he's the vet in the room. He was taking you know snaps with one uh, with the first teamers out there. But I will say this, Trey Sermon was taking the second team snaps behind Jeff Wilson Jr. Now, Elijah Mitchell was out. He wasn't getting snaps, but he's getting work with the twos, which for right now, that's best case scenario for this kid. He's got to prove to be reliable. Now, his pass protection was great in college. So can he carve his role into that third down back and pass Jamichael Hasty uh, and prove that, you know, he can do that job? That would be great. I just don't know, man. Um, I, I think the most likely scenario is going to be running back three or four for Trey Sermon. Probably more likely four. It, it, the good news for Trey Sermon, okay? Running backs in the Shanahan area, they get worked. And they get injured. They get dinged up. He's going to get a chance. So if he's on the active roster, you just got to be patient. And so if I'm Trey Sermon's coach and or friend, I'm saying, look, man, don't worry about your pecking order right now. You're in. Be ready when it's your chance. Because it might not be until week three or four or week seven or eight. You're going to be called on. Be ready. Because injuries happen at this position. 100% injury rate in the NFL. 100%. And whenever somebody goes down, you got to step up and be ready. At some point this year, the 49ers will need Trey Sermon to deliver something. They're going to. Um, it's got to happen. So he's making the 53. I tried doing like a stat projection for this guy, and I couldn't do it. I mean, it's almost impossible. But, you know, will he start any games? I hope not. Will he get some 10 carry games? Yeah, I hope so. Maybe four or five. But man, it's hard to say like 70 carries. That would be a successful year this year at four yards per carry. I'd be happy with that. If you told me right now, okay, Trey Serban's going to get 70 carries, right? At 280 yards, I'd say, all right, cool. Let's roll with that. I'm cool with that. Like he's contributing and helping the team and providing depth. All right. But remember, this was a third-round pick you traded up for. Hasn't lived up to the hype yet. But maybe that'll change soon. Um, like this kid, I really did like him coming out of college. Not a, I didn't have a third-round grade. I had a fourth-round grade on him. But the 49ers saw something they liked. Maybe he puts it together this year. I hope he does. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Welcome to number 44 of the 49ers roster countdown, counting down the most important players for the 2022 season for the 49ers. Now, we've got defensive end, and man, there's just so many DNs that we could throw into this. We're going to go through every one of them. Jordan Willis, the man, uh, mostly, <laughs> single-handedly, literally, got us to the NFC Championship game with the defeat of the Packers. We'll talk more about that. The block punt, um, the only touchdown the 49ers got that game was because of him. Uh, offense was completely inept that game. 0% chance to win that. But the defense and special teams, who would have guessed, um, came up and got us a victory, which was huge. And so shout-out to Jordan Willis. And, man, I've known this kid for a long time. He's not a kid. He's 27 years old, uh, entering into his sixth season. But um, he played very close to where I went to grad school, um, where I lived in you know, Kansas City, Missouri. He attended Rockhurst High School in Kansas City, Missouri, where he was an all-state player. I knew about him at a very young <laughs> age for him. And, man, he just continued to show up. You know, I'm a Longhorn fan. He had his best game of his college career at Kansas State against Longhorns, uh, was the defensive player of the, the country <laughs> uh, that week. And, you know, a guy that Kyle Shanahan – and John Lynch really, really liked because they acquired him when traded for him. So who is this guy? First off, his new number is 75. The minute that Lakin Tomlinson left, and man, he will be missed, uh, Jordan Willis went and switched his number to 75, which was his number at K-State and for the Cincinnati Bengals who drafted him. 6'4", 270, he is big and he is fast. A little bit shorter than some of the other defensive ends for sure, but he is that speed guy. Um Big time speed guy. Now, whenever uh, – let's jump back. Let's go to his high school days, and let's, let's talk a little bit about that and kind of where he has come from. His full name is Jordan Jonathan Willis. Uh was born in 95 in San Diego, a son of Calvin and Demetrica Willis. They have four siblings, or he has four siblings, and he majored in sociology and criminology at K-State, and he has the hopes of going back and attending law school. Very, very smart guy, senior class president. Uh, I mean, just again, as we go through this countdown and we do all this research, shout out to Josh and Anthony, uh, 49ers place a very high premium on academic um, character and intelligence. I, I, it's something that they value. They really, really do. Now, um, he was a three-year letter winner at Rockhurst, and you know, whenever he was there, first Metro team performer, recorded 58 tackles, nine sacks during his senior season, uh, was an all-Missouri team prior to his senior season, and then his junior year was actually his best year, 13 sacks, um, and he led uh, Rockhurst to a 13-0 record and a 6A state championship as a sophomore um, for his high school. So you're talking about somebody – Dude delivered. Uh, really, really did. Just kind of downtown, pretty close to downtown, um, you know, Kansas City. And so awesome job there. 2013, he goes to K-State, uh, played in nine games, but didn't really get a lot of starting time. 2014, started all 13 games and just started to thrive immediately. Six and a half tackles for loss, four sacks. 2015, 36 tackles, 15 and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. And that's kind of when he blew up on the stage. Um, he just kind of took off. And then, you know, you get into 2016, started 13 games, 17 and a half tackles for loss, school record 11 and a half sacks. And he got so many accolades. Uh, one of the best players ever to come out of Kansas State, if you're just looking at metrics. Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, here we go. Let, let's let's read through some of these things. Uh, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week versus Texas. That hurt. Hendricks Award Midseason Watch List. First team all Big 12 in every single possible poll out there. Big 12 Defensive Lineman of the Year. Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Honorable mention All-American. Third team All-American. Second team All-American. The dude just went out there and performed and finished his career with 26 sacks um, and 40 and a half tackles for loss. The dude just lives in the backfield. Um, one of the best defenders ever to come out of Kansas State as far as if you're just looking at uh, you know tackles for loss, sacks, forced fumbles. He had seven career forced fumbles, uh, tied for fifth most in school history and 10th nationally uh, whenever he left. And, you know, K-State kind of marked not necessarily the end, but they were 32 and 20 while he was there and just continued 
to just dominate, dominate, dominate because he was just so consistent. Um, so what does he bring to the table athletically? Dude is a workout warrior. 40-yard <laughs> dash, he ran a 4.53. That's in the top 98 percentile of defensive ends. Three cones, 6.85. 95 percentile of defensive ends. Vertical, 39. 95 percentile defensive ends uh 24 bench press reps that's just average and his broad jump was 125 so top 92 percentile if you just look at his athletic profile metrics and comparables two of the guys that jump off the list brian burns and boye mafe of this year's draft he is a speed edge guy now this is maybe where those similarities end because i don't think he plays like them he has the power to play like them he the bend does not show um near as much as guys that have the traits that he has and you look at the three cone six eight five and you're like okay yeah he's changed direction bendy but whenever i watch this film it's just stiff it's a little stiff in the hips uh the hip, the ankle flexibility is not there and i think that's where those comparisons end now he was drafted in 2017 um in the third round pick 73 i had him rated in that draft my number 80 overall player so i kind of think i got pretty close to where he was Went back, dug into the archives. My 2017 draft write-up before he was drafted. Um, you know, I went through there. It just talked about more of a power rusher. Doesn't run the arc well. Uh, doesn't lean into his blocks. Flexibility's not there. Again, all this was before he played one NFL snap. Amazing playside run defender. And I put this in there. Um, great arm extension. Uh, keeps leverage in his gap. A++++ run defender. Will struggle a pass rush to the next level, which he has. But will get effort sacks. Um, and will have a long career because of his role versus the run. Not a Pro Bowl level talent. My play comparison. Uh, we talked about the athletic profile. My play comparison was Chris Gokong. Um, and so... I, I wish I was wrong here. I think I nailed that that profile pretty dang good because that's exactly who he's been. So he gets drafted in the third round by the Bengals. Never really caught on. Um, they wave him after two years. He jumps on with the Jets in 2019. Um, nothing was really, really there. And then they traded him to the 49ers. October 27, 2020, 49ers love doing trades on Halloween weekend. That's just kind of the way it goes. Um, the 49ers traded a sixth-round pick in 2022. Um, so that's why we didn't have a six. One of our sixth-round picks was gone this year. But the Jets sent back Jordan Willis and a 2021 seventh-rounder. So got him for pennies on the chip. Very similar to what they did with Charles O'Menohue. Again, you go get this guy that – has an athletic profile the 49ers covet. They really, Kamiko Ture, very similar. Uh, athletic profile, Jordan Willis, very similar. Um, Chris O'Minihue, very similar. Like, they have types that they're going after. And so you go basically buy low, sell high is the, the entire mindset. And so you brought him over. Now, the problem was whenever he came over, he hit COVID. That was the COVID year. He was on and off that. Um, but last year, 2021, you know, he gets suspended um, for uh, performance-enhancing, you know, league substance, whatever, missed the first six games. But whenever he showed up, man, he was very consistent. Great role player for the 49ers. He logged 299 snaps for the 49ers last year. Again, remember, missed the first six games last year, but whenever he showed up, man, he made an impact. You know, he he was his lowest snap total was 12 in a game. His highest was 23. So that's his role. Bravo group. He comes in. He's the backup guy, special teamer. Helps with that. Um, last year, out of his 299 snaps, 216 were on defense, which would leave what? I'm smart. I can do this. 83 snaps on special teams. Um, and the funny thing is, the play of the year for the 49ers, as far as I'm concerned, that block punt, he was not even repping. Um, he was not getting snaps on punt block or punt return. Wasn't. It didn't even in that game. They just put him in, um, kind of send him out there, you know, with obviously they didn't think that was going to happen. But in, it just shows you when you get your opportunity, you got to shine. Um, now, looking back at what he did last year 11 pressures, two and a half sacks, three quarterback hits, five hurries, eight solo run stops. And that was with a six game suspension as a backup role. The dude's so good against the run. Remember, Fred Warner struggled early in the year when Kinlaw was out. 
And, you know, one of the main reasons why he was able, Fred Warner's play was able to elevate is when they moved Eric Armstead inside. But also during that exact same time period, guess what? Jordan Willis came back and provided very stout run support from the edge to turn plays inside. Again, go back to my pre-draft write-up on this dude. A-plus run defender. A-plus run defender with elite speed. Just doesn't have the bend. Um, So, like, I'm not saying he's the reason. I'm saying he is a small factor in the fact of all pro Fred returning. And that is a great thing. Whenever you can go to your Bravo group, the backup defensive line rotation, which is what Jordan Willis is, he's not going to compete for starting snaps. He's only started two games his entire career out of 60 games played. Like, we know who he is at this point. So he's a guy that can come in 12 to 23 snaps. That's his role. You let Bosa get a break. You let Drake Jackson get a break. You you let Samson get a break. And you don't miss out on the run play, right? Yeah, you want everybody to be, you know, a 10-sack guy and stuff. They just don't exist. They really, really don't. So you look at his career totals um, in 60 games played, 80 total tackles, eight and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, that big block kick, that was huge, one pass defense. Now, if you look at camp, where was Jordan Willis? He took snaps with the first and second team in camp. But keep in mind, uh, Nick Bosa was not taking snaps. Um, so you, you got to kind of keep that out there. There's four speed ends on this team. Jordan Willis, Drake Jackson now, Samson Ebukam, and Kamiko Ture. Can they keep them all? They want to for dang sure. I mean, they signed him to a, basically a $1 million deal, but it's all almost fully guaranteed. So if you cut them, you lose it all. Um, and, yeah, they want to keep these guys. They cannot have enough. So the question is, how do you make room for them? Well, do you carry six wide receivers or five? Do you carry four running backs or three? Do you carry three safeties or four? So if you're going to add on to and make sure, I, I mean, Jordan Willis is staying, all right? I think all four of those guys, those speed guys, Willis, Jackson, Ebicom, Ture, they're all staying. You're not cutting them. So if that's the case, do you leave one more defensive tackle? Like You got to pull that spot from somebody else because they're keeping more than they should. Um, and, and no, let me take that back. They're keeping more than most teams traditionally do, but that's the strength of this team, the depth, and they want to keep that there. So Willis is making this team. The depth that he provides in the rotation is so key. Doesn't show up in the stat line, whatever else, but when you see big number 75 out there, you don't have to stress. There's players when they would go in and you'd just be like, oh, no, why is he out there? It's third down. Stop it. Uh, but you don't have to worry about that with 75 because Jordan Willis, I mean, he's a pro. He's a pro, and he knows what he does well. The team knows what he does well. They covet him. They targeted him. They went and traded for him. They brought him back on another contract. They like what he brings. And again, best play of the year last year. That block punt, offense had less than 200 yards, no touchdowns, and a terrible interception. They were doing nothing. Uh, manufactured two field goals in the second half, the 49ers offense versus the Packers. And one of those was because of an amazing Debo punt re- or kickoff return. So they won that game because of him. Um, now, obviously, there's more things into it, but that play was huge. So I think that he's going to make this roster. I'm going to stay with that. But not looking for a giant impact stat-wise or snap-wise, just a glue guy. And that's kind of what the 49ers need. A lot more guys like this that you, your your defense doesn't change when Nick Bosa's out of the game because of guys like Jordan Willis. Because of guys like Jordan Willis. And it al- he allows your linebackers to still be good linebackers because he's so good versus the run. Um, and so that's Jordan Willis. Uh, love this guy. Uh, followed his career for way too long. Um, <laughs> and glad he's on the 49ers, not beating up my favorite team like he did the Texas Longhorns. But that's number 44, Jordan Willis. Excited for him. It's a one-year deal. So he's got motivation to play and live up to the hype if he wants another contract, which everybody does. But that's going to do it for us on number 44, and we're just going to keep counting them down. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number 43 on the 49ers roster countdown. We're just over halfway. Linebacker Demetrius Flanagan Fowles. Uh, but we call him DFF, or at least I do. Uh, I couldn't even put his full name in the little prompt there. It didn't fit, so I uh, apologize to the family. Uh, but DFF hopefully will suffice. No, I'm not trying to upset anybody. He, he's earned everything. I just couldn't make it fit. I apologize about that. It's a longer name. But he is, man, he's fun. He's number 43 on our list. But he wears number 45. Six foot two, 225, 25 years old, entering... This is a little confusing. He's actually entering in his fourth season, but his quote-unquote rookie year was not accrued. He was cut from the practice squad, brought back to the practice squad, not activated enough games. So even though he's been in the NFL for four years, this technically is his third year, um, which we'll get into a little bit more of the contractual obligations because of that. What it basically means is he's going to be around at least one more year after this on a super cheap deal because he's still a restricted free agent. If he had... If that first year he was active in a certain number of games, three or four, uh, he would have been a free agent, a true free agent next year. But he's not going to be. So uh, th- this kid's interesting. Converted from safety. 49ers love those types of players. Safeties turn to linebackers because they like that speed, uh, the sideline to sideline. Grew up in Arizona. Played for two different uh, high schools, Tucson, Arizona, then Mountain View High School his junior, senior year, both in Arizona. Um, chose to stay in Arizona. He was went to Arizona University, the Wildcats, and was a general studies major. Now, couple interesting things about DFF grew up uh, this self-proclaimed this is not our interpretation as a quote-unquote mama's boy uh, where he would regularly have date nights with his mom growing up and began playing football at the age of six had an uncle who signed him up um, got him very very active in that and you know kind of played all over the place he played safety wide receiver as a sophomore in high school then as a junior he was a defensive end and was first team all Arizona as a defensive end um, athleticism's always been off the charts. Then he goes to Arizona and starts as a safety. So, like, again, he's played defensive line. He's played wide receiver. He's played safety. He's played linebacker. He's kind of done it all. And this happens sometimes whenever you have these guys, you know, you look at his height, weight, you know, 6'2", 225. Do you balloon him up and make him bigger? Do you slim him down and make him quicker? What do you do with players like that? Well, He's bounced all over the place, and I think linebacker is where he's going to be for the rest of his career, especially with the trend of the way the position is evolving um, in the NFL where you want these super fast linebackers that can fly back and forth. It's it's, it's imperative. you got to have speed. Speed kills in today's NFL. The You know, it's funny. You, you look at, like, John Lynch, right, who was a big safety even for back in his day. He might be, he's almost too big for a linebacker now. <laughs> he might be a defensive end if he came out in the NFL today at his height, weight, and speed. Uh, but anyway, it just shows that it's different. So, you know, you look at kind of what he has done, very active in the community. Uh, DFF, very, very active in the community in Santa Clara and does a lot, uh, which you got to love. Now, let's look at his athletic profile and kind of what this is. Didn't get a combine invite. This is an undrafted free agent. So draft profiles, draft write-ups, you know, combine measurements, those are a little fluky. It's a little bit different. Ran a 4.58, pretty dang good in the 40-yard dash. So the speed, check. Three cone, 7.25, very, very bad. He's a. This is a big reason why he couldn't play safety and why he went undrafted and was a conversion, a development, a project player. But now it's starting to pan out because again, the 49ers, One of the things they're better at than anything. You know, everyone wants to talk about Shanahan scheme and whatever else, and those things are huge, important, and we'll spend so many hours debating those things. But at the end of the day, it's Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's. Um, the old coaching axiom: you got to get the guys. Well, here we have, in Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, we have a guy. 
He just had to be sculpted into the NFL. So it took a year. You know, basically redshirted his first year in the NFL and then slowly was brought into play, and it's starting to pay dividends. Because, again, 7.253 cone, you're not playing safety in the NFL. You can't do that. Um, that's Roy Williams back in the day for the Cowboys. That position has been phased out. It just doesn't work anymore. It's a passing league now, right? So he needed time to convert to the linebacker position, and it's worked out well. Has a 34.5-inch vertical. That's all right. Not great. Was drafted or, you know, went undrafted, sorry. His, his quote-unquote rookie year was 2019, undrafted free agent with the 49ers. Bounced off and on the practice squad, never elevated, never active. And then in the year 2020, finally, with you remember all those stupid injuries, finally got on the active roster. And so that was his true rookie year. So in 2020, he played in 11 games, one start, nine tackles, a lot of his special teams. And then last year, 2021, 17 games, two starts, 29 tackles. Got a lot more playing time whenever Fred Warner was out, Drake Greenlaw was out. Then when Warner came back, Aziz was out. He worked his way up into that linebacker four spot. But when somebody was out, he jumped to linebacker three and did pretty well. Uh, I'm going to be honest, like not great. But <laughs> when you're, you're talking about a linebacker four getting spot work as a linebacker three, you just understand, it just takes time. And missed tackles were a little bit of a concern. That's that's a little bit of an issue. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a second. But he, here's the most important part, okay, that you've got to understand with DFF. High upside, great speed, nice body, coverage upside, even though we haven't seen it too much, very limited snap count, and special teams. He's all over the place in special teams. Um, you know, and so in 2021, he had 504, uh, 545 snaps total. 166 of those were on defense. The rest were special teams. So you're talking about almost 400 snaps on special teams last year. That's Those are the things where linebackers, wide receiver safeties excel at. If, if you can make yourself valuable there, it's very easy to latch onto a roster and stay active because those special team things, especially this year with Schneider coming in as special needs coordinator, the new coordinator, there's a premium. And money and draft picks and free agent on and roster spots on special teams. And DFF is going to help with that. Okay, that's huge. So, again, just to kind of finalize the long term, this whole list is about most impactful for the 2022 season. That's why we have them at number 43. But long term, yeah, it's quite possible because he's a restricted free agent next year because. Again, he didn't accrue a season, his true rookie year. So this is his third year. Next year will be his fourth, and actuality is fifth, but contract-wise fourth. So he's restricted next year. So he doesn't get a negotiate a new deal or whatever. The 49ers will tender him, probably with like a fourth-round pick, and that will you know equate out what his pay will be. He won't get a negotiate or anything like that. A team could come trade for him. Not going to happen. Almost never happens in today's NFL. So we're going to have him next year locked up. Which means Aziz and Dre Greenlaw, they're contract years. So th there's a strong possibility looking long term. Fred Warner's locked up long term. You got DFF for at least one more cheap year and Oren Burks. That could be your three starting linebackers next year. Now, it's not a bad thing. None of those guys are bad. None of them are Dre Greenlaw or Aziz. Um, so this might be the last year of spoils. And if DFF can make a jump, might make it pretty easy for the 49ers to say, you know what, guys? Go get paid Greenlaw. Go get paid Aziz. We'll just keep raking in all those compensation picks because both those guys will get paid compensation pick type money. It does kind of stink that they're off-ball linebackers because they're usually cheaper deals. But both those guys are going to be in kind of the 5 to $6 million range, maybe more. I'm talking low end. And if that's the case, you're talking six-round uh, comp pick coming back, uh, very similar to what happened with Arden Key, right? Um, anyway, back to DFF this year for 2022 he's got three starts he's played in 28 games total which is really good for an undrafted free agent uh, he's found his way and made himself valuable he was held out of um, camp and OTAs just as precaution had some lingering issues nothing of significance there um, now if you look at what he's been able to do in his 28 games he's got 38 tackles so most of those are on special teams he shows up pretty good we talked about his snap rate Snap rate, which is good. 166 snaps on defense last year. Missed tackles are his issue. 
It's a small sample size, um, but he had four missed tackles last year and only 21 total tackles. That's a missed tackle rate of 16%. Small sample size, so you don't want to blow it too out of proportion. Uh, NFL linebackers don't have 16% missed tackle rates. Quan Alexander got pretty close to that a couple times. Uh, but again, he made up for it because he would force turnovers. That's who Quan was. Electrifying for both teams, right? Uh, so put this into perspective. Drake Greenlaw, one of the reasons why I love him so much, had five missed tackles the entire 2020 season. He had 86 total tackles. That was a 5.5% missed tackle rate. Um, DFF last year, small sample size, 16% missed tackle rate. That's what he's got to improve. Uh, the, the 49ers love his speed. They love his attitude. They love his coverage upside. They love him in the community. He's a locker room guy, glue guy. Um, a lot of fun. So what does 2022 look like for him? Going to be the four or five linebacker. And Aziz might not be ready week one. Might not be ready for the first kind of month of the season. I don't know. There's a lot. Not one, but two surgeries is rough. Uh, gosh, I hope Aziz is back. We deserve the NFL. Just Football fans in general need to see a healthy Fred Warner, a healthy Drake Greenlaw, and a healthy Aziz. That just, even if, this is the last season that's going to happen. We deserve it. Everybody deserves it. That's what football is made for. You get to see those three guys running around on the field at the same time. It's, it's almost unfair uh, just how stacked that group is. But DFF might be starting week one as the same backer, that number three. They only get about 20% of the snaps, but still it's an impact play. Uh, he comes in against the run, helps out for sure, and he's good against the pass as a number three linebacker. He really, really is. But can he stay ahead of Warren Burks? They paid him pretty good money. So that's going to be – this is the type of competition that you have at that position. Oren Burks was a borderline starter for Green Bay. He comes here. He might be number five. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there. He's sticking around this year, next year. No doubt about it. He's going to make the roster, especially with Aziz somewhat in question. He's making the roster. You keep five linebackers because special teams is huge. Sometimes you keep six if there's six stud special teamers. But I think this year they'll only be keeping five. And, again, next year could be number two. Um, so that's DFF, a lot of fun, self-proclaimed mama's boy, active in the community, fun player. Uh, I mean, he flashes. Whenever you watch tape, you're like, ooh, like it jumps off. You see the speed, but it's such a limited sample size where he only gets a couple of plays a game outside of special teams. So I'm excited for this guy. Man, it could be a week one starter. I uh, hope Aziz is back, but 49ers are in good hands. The depth that they have built at this position it's going to pay dividends. Really, really is. And if DFS surprises, could be a long-term starter next year, 2023. We are down to number 42 on the 49ers roster countdown of players who have the most importance or impact on the 2022 football season for the 49ers. And we've got a new addition, another free agent, um, very specialized. Uh, this is going to be our kick returner. Punt returner specialist with a little bit of wide receiver flavor. We're going to share some film here in a little bit. Wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod. Um, he's going to be wearing jersey number three. Small guy, 5'9", 190, entering his fifth season. He's only 25 years old, so pretty young whenever you consider he's been around for five years. And I, I think this year's draft and undrafted class has been a little bit different because you have all the COVID exemptions, and so you've got these players that played in college for five to six years, and so they're older, a lot of them. And so, like, whenever we go to somebody that's been around for five years in the NFL and only being 25, it's a little bit different. It's a little a little variation from what we've been seeing lately. Now, he grew up in Tampa, Florida, played at Sickles High School to fight in Griffins, um, and chose to play at Clemson, and he could have gone anywhere. Chose Clemson over Alabama, over Auburn, a whole bunch of other schools, and majored in health science at Clemson. Now, uh, while he was in high school... Man, he uh, he was nuts. He was a running back, small, undersized running back, right? Only 5'9". Um, but as a senior, he rushed for 1,900 yards, 17 touchdowns, and his entire entire college or high school career, over 5,700 yards and 58 touchdowns. He was productive, to say the least. Um, and again, chose him. 
Clemson over Florida, all these different places, you know, he kind of cashed in and no lie. Now, um, I'm going to throw up this film real quick. Um, and sorry, it's got an intro and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I muted it out. Now, if you want to see the full breakdown of his play at wide receiver for the Steelers, all that's going to be over at Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash 49ers rush podcast, um, or just Google 49ers and Patreon. We're the first to pull up now. Before he got to Clemson, he was nuts. And if you looked at his rankings by Rivals.com, they had him the highest. He was the number 23 player overall, number two wide receiver in the nation. Um, so he was huge. All-state selection. You know, I talked about all of his numbers and all of those things. I mean, he was nuts. Now, whenever he got to Clemson, as a true freshman, he stepped in and started playing right away. Um, you know, played in 12 games as a freshman in 2015, caught 29 passes, 251 yards, one touchdown. He did miss three games because of a knee injury. He has had some minor, you know, knee, ankle, whatever that's caused him to miss games in college and in the NFL, uh, just kind of nagging things, nothing too major. Um, as a sophomore played in 14 games, missed one because of an ankle injury, kind of like I said. Helped Clemson go to the national championship, had 49 receptions, 472 yards, two touchdowns. Junior year, kind of same thing, played in every single uh, Clemson game, all 14, 49 receptions, 500 yards, one touchdown, all those different things. And then he started returning punts, and this is whenever he kind of realized, and I think everybody realized, exactly what his career was going to be. He's a return specialist. Um, now he does, he can help you as a wide receiver. The game we're watching right now versus the Vikings. I think that's when Juju Smith was out. Uh, they had a couple suspensions, I think as well. So he had to fill in as a starting wide receiver and he could do that. He can run the slant. He, he's a gadget guy again, a little bit undersized, but he can provide depth at the wide receiver position. That's not the goal though. He's the number five wide receiver for this team. Just understand. You got Debo, Ayuk, Juwan Jennings. You got Danny Gray, the third-round pick this year, and then Ray-Ray McLeod. Those are the five. That's not changing. Um, and maybe Ray-Ray McLeod is ahead of Danny Gray currently, but it doesn't matter. Those four or five guys, though, that's who they are. You know, if you look at last year, that was, you know, um, Trent Sherfield and Travis Benjamin. Those two have been replaced by Danny Gray and Ray Ray McLeod, which I, I think every single 49ers fan in the world is going to be excited about. Now, let's talk about what he was able to accomplish at his pro day and his combine for his athletic profile. Again, nothing really stood out. Um, you know, he ran, I think it was a 4.53 at the combine at his pro day. He did a 4.49. He's a speed guy, not a top-end speed track guy. That's not what he is. He is acceleration, straight-line speed. So whenever you think of these small, shifty guys, he's not the most shifty. He ran a 6.89 um, three-cone, which is good. Uh, not great. Like, he, he's not – even whenever you watch his special teams film, like – He's not Barry Sanders. He's not shifty. That's not really what he is. He just gets to where he wants to go really quick, quicker than fast, and he just explodes off the line. I mean, he gets off the line in a hurry, and that's kind of what makes him so consistent in the punt return and kick return game. Um, bench press reps, he had 13 reps at 225, 34 and a half inch vertical. His athletic player comps um, over at mockdraftable.com are Jalen Waddle and McCole Hardman, right? So I didn't want to put Jalen Waddle on there because <laughs> Waddle has, you know, that shiftiness that's just elite, but the acceleration is there with Waddle and with Ray Ray McLeod. I think he's closer to McCole Hardman. I think much closer to that type of player where he doesn't have the top end speed, right? McCole Hardman was like a four, three guy, but he's got that same acceleration and he can, he can do some damage. He's a damage player. That's just kind of what he is. Now he signed a two year, $4 million deal with the 49ers, 2.7 million guaranteed. And the 49ers have an out after this year. Um, and basically they would owe 875, thousand dollars dead money but they could get out if they want to i don't think that they will that's a pretty cheap deal um he was a six rounder he got drafted in the sixth round in 2018 um by the bills never really did much with them and if you're looking for highlights on what he brings he led the nfl in punt yards punt return yards sorry with 367 yards um that's kind of the highlight 
did have 39 receptions last year, best year by far. Don't think he's going to get anywhere close to that. Um, I set my over-under on my stat projections for Ray-Ray McLeod and the Niners at 21. I, I don't think he's going to hit that, and I want to change it. You know, if you look at, again, we just talked about, who were the four and five wide receivers last year? Sherfield had nine receptions last year. Travis Benjamin had zero. <laughs> he got zero receptions as the number five wide receiver. Uh, but if you want to throw Sanu in there, then that's going to change it a little bit. But I, I said at 21 and a half wide uh, receptions would be my over-under for him because I think you give him one or two gadget plays every other week and you get that jet sweep in there right where trey lance just barely drops it off but that counts as a pass because i think you do some of that with him now whenever he was drafted again sixth round um uh, by the buffalo bills didn't really get much uh really didn't do much at all they waived him um in 2019 it didn't really he got his first reception on a third and a 13 yard punt return you know, in week three against the Vikings, didn't catch on, went to Carolina, was claimed off waivers by them, didn't nothing happen. Then he went back to Buffalo, and his main kind of claim to fame there was he was the scout team quarterback for the Buffalo Bills in the second um, stint, where he would mimic the small, shifty quarterbacks like Kyler Murray. I would not be shocked at all um, if that's going to be the case for the 49ers where, you know, it's special teams period. You send them to special teams and you work on kick return and punt return. But whenever you've got your first team defense out there, hey, Ray Ray, you're Kyler Murray. <laughs> you're 5'9". You're a little taller than Murray. Get over here and run around and let us see what it's like. And so I could see him doing that. Now, whenever he caught on with the Steelers in August of 2020, um, you know, he... He became the punt returner and, man, was an all-pro punt returner. It had 28 kickoffs for 646 yards, 29 punt returns with an average of 10.7 yards. Pro football focus put him on their all-pro as a specialist, led the NFL in punt yards game, like I've said, and that is why he is here. That's why Ray-Ray McLeod, that's why you pay $2 million a year is because the 49ers have been absolutely terrible, atrocious, abysmal, <laughs> one of my old words, in special teams. And so this shift in the focus, shift in priorities with money, with contracts, with roster spots on people who can help you in the special teams. And that's what he brings. He started eight career games at wide receiver. He's played in 48. Um, you look at his snap counts. Um, his career snap counts, he's got 433 special team snaps, 825 offensive snaps. He's going to be a special teamer, um, and that's really the big deal. Now, he's had three years, 2019 for Carolina, and then back-to-back -back years for Pittsburgh in 2020 and 2021 as primary returners. His first year with Buffalo didn't really count. He had two returns in 2018. Throw those out. They're anomalies, right? But you look at what he was able to accomplish in punt returns, and his numbers just keep getting better, okay? 2019 for Carolina, 10 punt returns, 82 yards. Next year, 2020 in Pittsburgh, 29 punt returns, 298 yards. That's awesome, 10.3 yards per return. And then last year, led the NFL, 38 punt returns, 367 yards for a 9.7. Okay, well, what the hell do those numbers mean? Who cares? The 49ers averaged right at eight yards per punt return last year. So this is somebody that can get you two additional yards per punt return, right? So, okay, two yards, who gives a damn? Well, if you're doing 40 punt returns, 40 times two, that's 80 extra yards on the year. That's two extra field goals on the year. Think about those games. This is hidden yardage. You know, we, we talk about special teams and how it hurts the 49ers. Hidden yardage helps your offense and defense because it increases your scoring production per drive because you don't have to get as many first downs on offense to be in scoring position. It's little things. And, you know, if you're just looking at punt return yardage, that's one thing. The long, okay? If you look at the 49ers last year, the longest punt return that they had last year was 27 yards by Brandon Ayuk. Well, you don't want Brandon Ayuk returning punts. You want him being the number two receiver. Okay, what was the long? Listen to these longs by Ray Ray McLeod 57 yards, 39 yards, 36 yards, 23 yards, right? So, like, 
you're going to get those two to three plays a season on punt return where you're going to automatically be in scoring position because of this. That's why it's important. Okay, now let's look at kick returns. Same thing. These are his averages. Okay, averages per kick return. 18 yards for a year, 21.8 for a year, 23.1 for a year, 22.2 for a year. Think of how many times the 49ers started behind their own 20-yard line. Remember, you start at the 25 if you just kneel the ball. Well, guess what? You don't have to worry about that anymore. Not anymore. Um, he's going to be able to step in and make a difference. You know, last year you had that one long kick return, 68 yards by Trenton Cannon, and then 33 yards by Debo. Well, Again, listen to this. 2019, his longest was a 31-yard kick return. 2020, 49-yard kick return. Last year, 40-yard kick return. So these are opportunities where the 49ers offense gets to cheat. They get a start <laughs> needing only one or two first downs to be in scoring position instead of one or two first downs and you're not even at midfield. They're hidden yardage. Trust me, as a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator, and I've been both, you freaking, there is nothing that gets the huddle, the entire sidelines, your play callers more jazzed than starting with good field position. As a defensive coordinator, you start with good field position, you feel great. They're backed up inside the 20. Woo! You're like, oh, man, they you can give up a couple first downs. They're not even at midfield. Who cares? But whenever they have a good punt returner, that shifts the focus. It changes all of it. Okay, so best case scenario, this dude is a lock. He was taking all the first team reps as punt returner. They didn't do a lot of kick uh, kickoff and kickoff return stuff, more individual stuff there. But uh, was taking all the first team reps on punt return and in camp. He's making the roster. That's all there is to it. Now, can he be wide receiver four ahead of Gray or wide receiver five behind Gray? That's still to be determined. A lot of that's going to be on Gray himself, um, but he's primary returner. Now, again, I set the over-under at 21 and a half receptions. I think it's got, I'd take the under on that. But, man, if he gets those numbers, you give him a couple gadget plays, that's huge. And, again, why am I excited about Ray Ray McLeod? One, it shows the 49ers are serious, finally, about special teams. Two, it gives you wide receiver depth in the sense that this dude's played. Might be one of the most experienced wide receivers we have on our roster, right? He's been around longer than everybody else. Been around longer than Debo. Um, and so he's he's got a little bit more experience. Two, He's good enough at the wide receiver four or five that you might be able to sneak by when it's roster cut down time, which is five wide receivers. If that's the case, guess what? You're sneaking an extra defensive end into the initial lineup, which is great. Um, so somebody would have to impress to get that wide receiver spot. We've talked about them in the past. If you haven't caught that, uh, you can go back and check out all those other ones in the 40 hours roster cut down. But Ray Ray McLeod makes the team better, makes it deeper, makes it more consistent. And it turns one of the weaknesses in 2021 into a strength. Now, the issue is fumbles. Sad news is 40 yards fumbled the ball so much last year in special teams anyway. It, it, you'd say, all right, if he, if he fumbles four times this year, which he did the previous year, we fumbled four times last year in special teams. But there were no big plays to go with it. So... No matter what, even if he has his career high in fumbles, you're at least getting some big play specialty. But if he can limit those and still bring that big play uh, consistency, it's only good news, man. I really, really do like this signing. People were upset when the initial numbers came out, but whenever you look at it, it's really not that bad. Um, it's experience in the wide receiver room. Gives you a little bit more gadget plays, whatever else. If Debo's down for a game or whatever, you can still do a lot of that end-around stuff with him. And the kick return, punt return, just adds so much value. Hidden yardage, baby. Hidden yardage. Uh, anyway, thank you, Josh. You guys are incredible. Uh, Anthony, the producers of this series, great job digging up all this information. We're just going to keep counting them down.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.